0: no hello no 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 no. i think you mean hello (laughs) i think that the
1: audience is now saying themselves oh hell no i'm not listening to this i don't care if if i haven't been forced to
0: be a listener (laughs) i see what you were saying you were saying hell no not hello (laughs) no no, i was saying hello see this 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 improves you know those developers we have to understand these subtle little differences
1: (laughs) indeed speaking Speaking of subtle, did you see what our best friend, uh, Georg, wrote on Twitter? Was...
0: There was nothing subtle about that at all. That was,
1: <laughs> but he, he listed, he at least did own the fact that he's an astrologer
0: to the royal family, no less. <laughs> so... that, that is, that, that, that is, that is true. Maybe, maybe you should tell our loyal. Uh, well, maybe not quite so loyal anymore. Our, our reluctant listener of what he said. Um, now I'm trying to
1: find it in Twitter, um, but it may have it may have been uh, removed. So one moment, um, while while you pr- now I can't put my hands on it. Fucking Twitter client sucks. Oh well, um, we'll put it in. The, I'll track it down. And put it in the. Sh- no, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, Mac DevNet, Jembe, while you two amateurs cannot learn to press the start button in sync for 316 podcast episodes, the Royal Astrologist Georg delivered two new Holland-wide banking services and is about to release two new iOS macOS apps, just observing the facts. Now, no one's going to say anything about the fact that that all of Holland can fit in a New Jersey bathtub, but point well taken. (laughs) Let's
0: let's just hope that our, our... Reluctant listener isn't this week from Holland because we've just. lost him, I know, I know. <laughs> so mean for 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 totally insulting. No,
1: Holland. I know. But there we but, are. No, I will take that back because it, because in all seriousness, the Netherlands is an exceptionally well-run country, and I actually really do love it and admire many aspects of it. And specifically with banking, it's it's you know it's strict. It's a little bit difficult if you if if you are not a citizen. Like if you, I I've tried to order some services, you know, to to to, to rent a movie. Um, and I couldn't do it. It was a Dutch company, but the Dutch banking regulations essentially had a, a debit card transaction. It was very low cost, very secure, very everything, but I couldn't access it, with probably because American credit card systems are notoriously insecure, and they just basically build fraud into it as, as a cost of doing business rather than solving the security problem. So, um now i 'm sure that, that georg's uh software is nothing less than the, the super high quality that that all no all joking aside he i 've known him to produce for for years and years, and he has a great company so there we go all right now that uh, now that i 've set the record straight and, and and repaired relationships so that one day will, uh if travel ever becomes possible he 'd be willing to have a beer with us. Um, I will pass it back to you, Scotty. Tell us about all the glorious things you've been doing.
0: Well, this week we actually publicly announced the beta of Moneywell 3.5, as it's going to be. We've decided current shipping version is 3. Uh, We've been umming and ahhing about what we should call this and how we should do it and and, and the rest of it. Um, We're currently saying it's 3.5 because, you know, although we've been working on this for what feels like three or four lifetimes, um, we've actually all we've done is restore features that used to work and stopped working <laughs> a number of years ago before we before we purchased it and, um, uh, and, and took it over. So, um, you know, we didn't break them in there. So we decided, what's what's the right for? So anyway, we've announced uh, uh, publicly the beta uh, 3.5. Uh, got the sign up list out there. We've got a. A good number of people signing up. Now, we only announced it on Twitter through our um, our Twitter account, which doesn't have a huge number of followers, and through our Facebook page. Um, so, you know, we were, I mean, I mean should we just send out a, a, an email to all users saying this? But because we're, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, because we're going to sort of like trickle feed the beta, so beta one, uh, yeah, we're probably going to keep it into like single-digit number of people initially. And then, you yeah, know, beta 2 we'll take that up. And then, you know, over the next month, six weeks, eight weeks, however long the beta goes on for, you know, hopefully by the time we reach the end, you know, I think. So there's no no real point out there. But, um, yeah, so using the survey that we spoke about a few weeks ago, about asking people about why they want to do the beta, what their technical competency is, what they think a beta should, should be about, um, we're in the process now of, of selecting the first people. And so hopefully... Um, by next week, not only would we announce it, but it will be in the first people's hands. And um, hopefully, our heads won't be in our hands of how bad a job we've made of it. <laughs> it's people letting some, even to a few people, letting something out into the wild for the first time that is a pretty, uh, it, it's got enough plumbing and fundamental architecture changes to make, uh, e- even though a little nervous because even though, cause, but then it's been fit inside this code base we talked about last week, which is like a bit of a spaghetti junction, a spider's web of, of KVO and been a mess. And we had a whole discussion last week about rewriting and everything. So slotting something new in there and then making sure that you've not, not broken anything, you know, It's a little worrying because, you know, we've tested it, we've run it, we've whatever else, but, you know, someone's going to come in there, someone uses a feature that we've not really tested that well or whatever else, we're going to say, nope, this doesn't work. But it's a beta, so that's allowed. But this is people's financial information, and no no matter how many times we say in big red letters, do not make this your only copy, carry on using the existing money well because the two will work side by side um, and keep your data separate, do everything twice, I'm sure someone is going to end up being angry with us because they didn't read that at us Beta which is a little um a little worrying but, but anyway let's go back to being positive yes we've announced it we've told people it's there people are signing up um, we should hopefully have our first feedback soon. Well, I saw that, and I was actually very happy for you,
1: Scotty, because uh, maybe we, I, I'm going to try and tone down the snark ever so slightly, just very, very slightly, but ever so slightly. And I realize that you know exactly what you said. You know, it's it, it's it it is in many ways a perfect storm because it is financial data, and you've you've kind of had to to try different things before you arrive on what the the pragmatic business case, but, you know, b- you know, business tactics moving forward. So I appreciate that. Um, I, uh,
0: I, does anybody want to hear about my travails in the last couple of days? Anybody? I'm not sure if I can answer that question. I'm not sure I've got time. I could put a survey together and find out. But um, John, I'm going to, I'm going to channel the inner <laughs> user, the inner <laughs> listener. I mean, I'm going to channel the inner listener and and see what they're saying. Don't let the fucker speak. Oh, no, no, yeah. No, <laughs> That's I so mean. Uh, no, no. No, I, I, no, I, John, no, no, I haven't told you what I think they're saying yet. Um, no, no, I think, John, they would like to hear you.
1: No, 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 you said it. Now I'm, I'm <laughs> going to channel Graham Lee, who once famously said, I can scarcely contain my indifference. <laughs> that was you know, some beautiful, pithy British... Um, dry sarcasm, but anyway, no, I was, you know, I, 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 as I think happens, no matter where you are in, in your, in your career, you can have days, you can have moments where you get really frustrated. And then that was definitely me on Friday, uh, trying to debug a problem. Um, because this was in 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 endpoint code and as i've said before you know even as as ui developers we're still responsible for creating and maintaining the, the 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 services that deliver data for us because you know we know exactly the data we need and the tool chain and and apis are are typically you know easy enough to 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 deal with but it doesn't change the fact that it is a context switch that you know if you're used to to working in in xcode with apple apis not only do you have familiarity with them, but you're using them all the time and whatever kind of annoyances, you just kind of have them as muscle memories. Like, oh no, this, I can tell that this is going South. I need to restart something, or I maybe used to, to need to know to, to use this tactic for debugging versus relying on LLDB or, or, or whatever. Um, and I, I have to imagine that, that that's the case for any environment, including, you know, a no JavaScript environment. Um, And so I was having this problem where I had created an endpoint and it was returning the data that I needed. And in this particular case, working with mock data, you know, would could solve some of the make it so that I I could be unblocked for for doing layout work on the client. But I'd already done the layout work. It was already working. Um, And in fact, it was really important to get live data because that would inform our design for it because, you know, you can't. You, you can mock and you can imagine for the amount of time it takes to imagine all the different types of data you might get back. You know, my, my feeling is, is if the live data is available and the API works and everything, just get live data because you can see how things work and and see does your hunch really play out. So I was all happy cuz I got this working, you know, uh back during the the quiet period and what was nice is that, you know, the quiet period is ending and we're making our first submission this week and I would, you know, make it possible to put it into to people's hands more easily because they just grab the app off the app store and 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 see what uh this new canvas looks like. So I was all excited. Um, and getting ready for that, and then all of a sudden, you know, the response was not coming back. I'm like going, fuck. And, uh, you know, VS Code has a debugger that's built into it for debugging, running JavaScript applications, and that's great. Um <laughs> But in the debugger, I was never able to catch anything in the debugger, um, and and I could not figure out why. And that's because you know you have so many different things that are running with it. You have to ask yourself: Is it a Docker problem? Is it somewhere else in our tool chain? Is it VS Code? Is the combination between the two? Is it the fact that I'm in an M1 processor Mac for which you know su- Docker support has only just come and the. Plenty of places in the tool chain may not have been updated. So I was like, I just, it was not working and I felt completely paralyzed. And then the other thing too is that the APIs that we're using are well understood and well documented, but I, you know, in, in my efforts, you know, to, 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 to be simple, because I am a simpleton, I always try to, to, to find the simplest solution. And this is a particular case where you, you know, make one async API request and returns an array of of, of, of IDs. And I'm like going great. And plus, at the same time, I can ask for things that that particular microservice can get. I can get the ID. I can get the title. But then to make artwork requests for which I need a couple for each item and other further requests so I can, you know, I I End up making quite a number of asynchronous requests, and so you know it's fairly tricky. But people have been doing it for a while, so I'm thinking that's great. And in in one particular case, you know there was a particular uh, title for which the there was some artwork that was missing, and that's what kind of caused the the entire you know the the one of the change of the of the batch request to fail, and the response you know wasn't able to to. it, It took me a while to figure that out. And that at least I could then, you know, create a reduction and and say, hey, here it's very easy to see that this artwork that I expect to be available for this title is not available, which happens, right? We have a big catalog and that's great, you know, and there are all sorts of tools that I could find out once I knew which item was was not working. And so, you know, I, and I, I, you know, it, it felt great to kind of get the answer back. And then, of course, you know, once I reported that the artwork was missing, very, very quickly it was replaced, everything was wonderful, the sun shone, you know, the hero stepped into the sunset, but I took the time to to document everything I had done with screen captures and saying, hey, here's the process that I followed. And the reason why I did it is because I've been doing this for a while, so I'm kind of used to... to, to how to debug a situation, which is much more than just, you know, the mechanics of, of using the debugger in any IDE. It's also who do you ask, how do you ask, and I'm always harking back to, to, to you know, instructions that were given to how do you ask smart questions online, and instead of just saying, oh, it doesn't work, somebody please help me, where you're basically inviting somebody to go through all the steps, but if you take the time to to, you know, judiciously document all the steps, and this is what you tried, and this is what you're expecting to have happen. It makes it that much faster for people to help you. And if you put it in a document with comments, people can say, yeah, I had similar problems. Maybe, you know, this is something that we could change the, the way that we organize this or, or how we d- divvy up the responsibilities. Um, so I felt proud of myself, and it was kind of a a you know i think a lot about when i read articles about what is it that differentiates a senior software engineer from from somebody who's you know very good at the tools they use and for me it's kind of understanding that there's a whole list of of process related things and human relationship things and organizational dynamic things that you have to to take into consideration when you're doing work if you in fact work in a larger organization Anyway, so there's my rant for the for the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, there's a lot of things in there to to deal with, isn't there? But it's it's. Uh, I mean, firstly, let's keep on the tech side. The whole debugging JavaScript and uh, you know the, the whole thing there is. Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing. I'd like to assume that the reason I find it so difficult is because it's not what I do every single day, mm-hmm. and and therefore I don't know all of the. The, the tricks and, and the whatever else. But it does, because sometimes there are bits like you know, when you're uh, debugging JavaScript uh, and you're using the browser and the developer um, view and uh, all the breakpoints in VS Code or whatever else, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it does things. And then the fact you can just alter it and have it still run and, um, you know, um, so hot hot code reload effectively um it is fantastic. But there's other bits of you thinking about how does anybody ever track any of that down <laughs> or do whatever? Uh, and 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 some of that might just be because you're not I'm not a JavaScript developer. I'm I, I you know, but the main reason I've used JavaScript for development in the last X years is when I was working on a um, React Native um Project into developing some React Native components, which again isn't necessarily about doing pure JavaScript and web stuff and whatever else. Um, yeah, you know, so I've had very limited experience. So I I'm going to assume that it's my lack of knowledge and my lack of skill set that that makes it feel that way. Because otherwise, if if it's not if if I have just found the boundaries, um, and that's what JavaScript developers have to deal with, you know, in a lot of occasions, then you know I feel even more sorry for them than I used to will be my way on that one. Yeah, but there yeah. we are. And there you are. The frustrations of working in an organization and in, in whatever else. Yeah, it's and every organization is different. But um, it, it's funny how, uh, you know, organizations are different. The way we organize ourselves is different. The way they allow you to do things is different. So, for example, in your organization, you're the UI developers, but you're still responsible for endpoints that so your UI is calling, whereas, you know, you in another organization you'd be millions of miles away from each other and maybe never even allowed to know each other exist almost Mm -hmm. um and yet it doesn't matter how we seem to organize our organizations or we break down our projects or we you know we we assign the work whether we have um an ios team and an android team and a web team or whether we have feature teams be aware. You have the iOS developer, the web developer, and the Android developer all working on the same feature so that you get, you know, that, that cohesion between them all. It doesn't seem to matter how we organize. We all end up with the same set of frustrations all the time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, and this one this one was further compounded that, you know, the person that I normally get tons of help, you know, who... who it, has been on our team, and still kind of virtually is still on our team, and in my heart will always be on our team. He just happened to have been out sick, and and then that kind of raises its own issue of... of you know, uh, how do you more widely spread knowledge? And so it, it's all good, you know. And, and it, 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 and it, at the moment I was going through it, I, I was literally saying, like, "Fuck, I can't, I can't deal with this." You know, I must, I, I you know, maybe I just really suck. And of course, people say, "Yes, John, you do." But you know, if you're honest with yourself, I think you know, <laughs> I'm hardly the only one to ever have this thing. And, and while you're going through it, you think that you are, and you're not um but the other thing too is don't just like saying well i got through the frustration on to the next one and, you know my point in my document that i wrote is like the, you know the, he, the i've just given you the bad news the good news is that, that lots of people care and we can use this as, as as a way to to make things better in the future so that's why i felt good but there's there's something else that i that i tried this week that uh, i'm still not resolved. Would you like to hear about that, Scotty? So you're going to tell us about another failure and failure to, to complete something. Go ahead. No, it's not a failure, Scotty. It's just a it's a step along in my journey. So you remember last week we were talking about uh, you know possible replacements for FMDB, and so i went through and looked at it and 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 as you pointed out it's like no it's a, it's an objective c code base and that's great but it has been audited for swift compatibility and plenty of code i mean i'm sure more than half if not way more than half of, of apple's code base is 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 that mixture and and that they they've gone back and made sure that you know validated the the nullability conformance of of of, the, of their objective c code to make it easier to work with swift and gone through and changed the the method names the function names and, and swift to make it more swifty and so on and so forth and it seemed like that would be a perfectly good option but i got stuck a little bit in i'm embarrassed to say you know setting up the uh uh, the no uh the, the swift package manager stuff because the instructions everywhere are very very terse and it just says oh just add this to your your swift you know your package.swift file and since i was creating a brand new package uh, a brand new project i realized that i had to then pull on that thread and this is something where i realize that i've lost some of the scrappiness that i had to have when i was an indie and in that you absolutely have to do everything yourself Whereas you know, I I've long since you know stopped honestly caring about Xcode project setup because there are people who spend a lot of time working on that um, because they have to to be able to do automated build systems so they set it up it's well documented and so on and so forth and so if there's a problem with something I just say hey I can't you know I'm 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 wanting to do this and I and and you know yes I could spend the time to figure it out even if this, the solution I might not. Uh, I might come up with might not work down the line for the Jenkins integration that was required. So that's fine. So uh, I, I, you know, I got things set up uh, and it didn't work. So then I said, okay, well maybe there's something with this particular Swift package. And besides which uh, maybe I'm curious about trying something that was, you know, written a hundred percent in Swift from the beginning, because maybe that works a little bit easier because there was, you know, there, there are in fact, plenty of front ends in Swift uh, to, to SQLite. Um, and so I, I, you know, the other thing is this, since it's a side project, I have limited, you know, patience in some ways for spending a lot of time dealing with the, the, the kind of minutiae in the setup phase when I just want to get to the experimentation phase and say, Hey, what would it take to, to adapt the code that I had and adapt the approach I had with a configuration file, which kind of maps the, 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 the 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 rows you know wraps the 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 schema to to an entity, um, but I didn't get that far because you know even though it pulled in the, the 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 package, when I went to actually you know reference that that built package in my code, it was giving errors, and I'm like whatever. <laughs> so I'm I'm stuck a little bit. I need to get back to that, but it's like one of those things where I've I have not had to spend a whole lot of time you know dealing w- with the setup of Swift packages. Um, it's, it, it's, I've, I've, if I've needed to add a package somewhere, that's worked fine. I'm sure I made some little stupid mistake somewhere, but this is a case where I actually stopped myself because I said, I don't have that much time and I don't want to, <laughs> I'd rather delay things a week than get frustrated to the point where I said, fuck it, I don't want to do this. So that, that's, that's, that's what I got to this week. But also, uh, thanks to, to, uh, you know, regular, regular unlucky listener, <laughs> joseph Haku, who, who who messaged me about that so anyway sorry so which 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 SQLite package did you look at in the end well so in the end i am i'm still trying to to to, to get uh swift uh, sorry SQLite.swift. dot swift and 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 I was wondering in the back of my mind if maybe the problem was is the naming of it that 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 the name seems to be for the package SQLite.swift, dot swift and that might have made things a little bit more complicated than than need be um or yeah, may so have that's tri-
0: that's that's the package we were using when we were doing our first rewrite of Manuel, ah. um, and it seems to be yeah, it's it it, it was very good. Um, and we weren't at the time using it with Swift Package Manager because that was like before Package Manager really was available for it, but um, but it was always well maintained and well looked after. So I was surprised. Now the thing is with um, any any database wrapper. Is, is is there are so many different options out there because there can literally be, you know, the the sort of swift wrap around the pure C API and you end up you know basically what it ends up giving you is a whole bunch of unsafe pointers in memory that you then can interpret just like they were coming from the C API but you can just make the call in Swift right through to know yeah, a, a mega ORM that wraps everything in mm, structs mm, and mm. builds it all up for you and does it, which you know takes away all that work for you. But it commits you to a certain approach yeah. and a certain way way of doing things. Um, and yeah, and so making a um, although we uh, we always took the the view that we we create our own database API and then we translate that api to whatever we use be that sqlite swift or fmdb or whatever it might be so that in the you know in the case in the future that um so we we would never allow and we do and this is when the rewrite obviously in the current money world with you know core data has been accessed everywhere from you know, ui controls access core data still um but you know the the idea was in in the rewrite and the restructuring is the database technology never leaves the database package the database layer. All right. So even if it even if it's giving you this nice SQL based class or whatever, you know, our application never sees that. It's just going to see a plain struct. Yeah. Uh, and yes, that can sometimes if you've got literally you know hundreds of thousands of rows you're trying to bring back. I guess create performance issues because you're now translating to hundreds of thousands of Structs and you've got the between the struct and going back to the database stuff, and you don't necessarily get live changing. But the whole not being particularly when you're going with open source, when you're not sure how long this would maintain, this whole not having the app tied into this one technology that if we needed to, yes, it's still going to be shitloads of work, but it's shitloads of work in one place, right? Um, and and back to the you know, you could you, you can write unit tests for your your own database API. And um, so if you change the back end technology or the back end layer, more to say, between you and SQLite, you know, in theory, as long as you can keep your unit test suite running, then you've not broken anything. Um, yeah. And so maybe that's too much planning for the future and too much work. And maybe this is why our reengineering of many didn't get very far, very fast, because these are the approaches we were taking. But, um, you yeah, know, from a purist point of view. That's the way I go. Yeah. Well, I mean,
1: again, in this case, there's the added fun twist is that this is to to you know to, to revive a project that I haven't touched in 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 nearly a decade now. Actually, yeah, yeah, least, yeah, in, in about a decade, um, and I. I, I I, I kind of had to remember, you know, how and when I used FMDB and what I used besides that, because when I started Memory Miner, Core Data wasn't available. Um, but I had tons of familiarity with with Enterprise Objects framework from the Web Objects days, um, and it, it worked great. And, and that, what I loved about it is had you had a visual tool for doing your object relational mapping, and that was great. That was the EO model, and then you could have code generator that would develop your entities and separate them, and it just worked. The whole system worked really well. And what was important about it. At that there was a backdoor to SQL because, and the reality is, is that for certain types of operations, like bulk deletes, for instance, um, it's wildly more efficient to to just to write some 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 nice sw- uh, Sorry, some nice SQL. And similarly, you know, for there were you know there was this concept of of raw rows, which I think never existed in 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 core data, where you could just basically say give me give me back dictionaries, and then you can promote those to full enterprise objects. At the point when you need it, so it really worked well. If you had hundreds of thousands of, of objects to get back, but you wanted the leanest representation of it, and then only when when you were kind of getting into a master detail type of of thing, um, could you then do another fetch that would would fill out the entire object. Um, uh, th- that system worked really well, and so there was this thing, and I can't remember what it's called. Data crux, I think it, it was called, which was you know in many ways it was like an, a. a you know, bootstrap implementation of 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 enterprise objects, um, where you could just generate your 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 mapping tables, and it 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 you it worked really well for what it did, and then then you know when I needed to do something else and drop down to the just sending you know raw SQL statements, that's what FMDB allowed me to do. So the whole system worked really well, and so in a ways I'm kind of like looking for something similar. Just saying that I don't you know yes obviously i can see even in the c api how to how to fetch back you know how to fetch a row and so on and so forth but then it comes down to dealing with all those you know unsafe pointers and all those c see things that that i never liked in the in the world i like you know if if somebody has an abstraction layer which seems reasonable to do that if i had to 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 figure out exactly how it works and fix something that i could but i i I kind of for a side project i just want something that will will kind of work and seems like a reasonable choice so i'm glad to, to to learn about your experience a little bit and see if i can get a little bit further for next week
0: cool cool well, uh, there was something else I was going to say as well. Yeah, you were saying um, back a little bit, um, how are we doing for time? We've got a couple of minutes um, about, uh, you know, when, when you get stuck and go and asking the right person questions, you had someone sick and the rest. And we've had this discussion uh, before a little bit about how many of us are still working from home uh, in, in dis- or distributed teams are the norm these days. And so asking questions, is different. Yeah. Um you can't just go across to the desk and or you know meet someone at the uh, um you know snack bar or whatever and, and just ask a sort of a a quiet, sort of subtle question. And yeah we have Slack and we have all the other tools that people use and, and they are brilliant and they're very, very good. But I think there is like this um you know firstly you don't really want your Slack channels full of banter um because it makes you know or, or whatever tool you use to communicate um because it makes the other stuff harder to find but i think there's also something quite a, a blockage to putting a question in writing um that is that is um uh yeah um it, it might just stop you because you, you put it in writing and then you realize okay that doesn't look right or I now sound stupid by asking that question, or it could be stupid, whereas just asking someone discreetly is you know a little easier um and so in this remote workplace, you know how does that work how do you get how do you replace this banter, and how do you how do you those questions and of course, everyone said, well, we've got zoom and whatever else, but yeah, you know, zoom, you share a link, you share a um you have to you know, set up a meeting, get people on there um and so. I just thought this might be a good time to share because I, for the last sort of um, eight or nine months, really, um, we've been working on we've been using this tool called Closer, um, which is in beta uh, and, and it requires an iPad. So we each have a dedicated iPad to this. That sits on our desk. But basically, it, it just sits there all day and um, it's looking at you at your desk. I mean, you've got the ability to blur it or mark yourself away or whatever else in there. Um, and everyone else on the team, our teams, there's only three of us is there, and they're all in little circles on the screen. And at any point, you can just tap one of those circles and have a conversation with that person. It will just ping them and say, you know, do you want to talk and they can do. And it just means the, the you know, just going to say, um, have you seen where that was put or do you know where this is? Now becomes, you know, you don't have to put it in writing. You just do it and it just becomes there, Um and it makes the whole three-second conversation, which doesn't really work with Zoom or Google Meet or whatever it is, because you've got to get the link, everyone in, or doesn't really work because in typing, it makes the three-second office conversation totally, totally possible uh, and and doable and, and and whatever in there. So it's, um, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. So it probably does wouldn't work for large teams, so maybe up to a dozen people um, in there um but this whole purpose and design is to sort of like um create the office environment when you're distributed so it's not trying to be slack or or google meet you know if you want a meeting have google meet if you want you know big like typing things that. but if you just want this like these casual like just walk over to the desk and say something conversations it works pretty well for that and um i mean the fact that we've bought iPads and dedicated iPads to it per person and whatever else is just shown that we think has value. So yeah, there we are. That's just you mentioning, you know, about just going and see people's harder and whatever else made me think of I should probably share that at some point
1: you should and I'm glad you did Um, I'll actually be interested to checking it out because you're exactly right about that that thing and like in some ways I feel like I'm back in the days of of you know working entirely by myself and if I have a question then I have to spend a lot of time to 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 make sure I formulate it properly and then send it off into the universe and hope it comes back that's just because you know people's work schedules are completely changed because they have kids kids may be home from school or they may you know are tending to family members blah 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 so I think our our work schedules are completely different than when than they were than what they were pre-COVID, and there because there is so much overhead. But the thing that's kind of important is that if during lunch or whatever a break, you can see somebody's away from their desk, they may have finished a task. It may be okay for for you to to kind of interrupt them, so to speak, because they they may be coming off some, something and they're 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 fine with helping. And you can say, hey, can you pop by my desk when you're back? Because you can see the screen i can see the screen i think that's the thing It's like screen sharing and screen control are still kind of there's so much overhead in starting it up and it it can be so frustratingly unreliable even when you have great you know network that, that that's you know <laughs> Once you get used to working with human beings and being able to, to to get to them quickly, it's kind of it's frustrating to not have it. Um, so, yeah, I think we are definitely in the world of having a hybrid, because on the other hand, when if you can just do it, then it, it does a whole bunch of like, hey, can you do this for me and I'll do something for you? It's like, no, we all need to kind of get better, at least get decent enough in all the aspects we need to, to do to be effective. But somewhere, somewhere we'll, we'll find some hybrid.
0: But yeah, I did. see. See the people on the closer ba- uh, who make closer. They keep saying, "Well, what well, should we add this feature? Should we add that feature?" And of course, it's their app. They can do what they like. But um, yeah, I'm I'm very much of the mode: make it do the one thing and make it do the one thing well. You know, um, they said, "Well, what about doing the screen sharing and all the rest of it?" And it's like, yeah, yeah, we use a different tool for that. But if we want to do pair programming remotely, we use a tool called Tuple, um, which is really, really good. And it's designed for pair programming and taking over each other's screens and using Xcode together and, and whatever else. And, you know, so, you know, and it's it, and it's on the Mac. And if you really do want a meeting, then, you know, something like Zoom or Google Meet is fine just because you can put, it in, put links in calendar invites and make it easy, you know, and things like Slack are great for the R. So I just think it's a case of, yeah, you know, we don't want hundreds of tools, but you know, try and pick the tool for the job and have a suite of tools that uh, just um, you know do it right. So anyway, there we are. We've we've probably overrun a bit now. Um, so John, if people want to um, communicate with you and pretend that they're visiting you at the water cooler, as that famous water cooler that every office has, that where people apparently meet and do great things. I'm saying if the water cooler is such a great place, why don't we all just sit on them at yeah. our desks and then then the world will just get solved all the time. Um, but anyway, if people want to talk to you at your water cooler, where should they do that?
1: Well, first of all, pff, water cooler, no, kombucha pump. You can find me on the kombucha pump, which is known as Twitter, where I'm Jembe. that's DJ EMBE, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to... You know, pull up a tractor next to you and and, and talk about about the, the the spring planting. Where might they do that?
0: Uh, well, <laughs> they can do that on Twitter, John, which is the home of pulling up all tractors, I believe, or something. Where I am, Mac Devnet, yes, brum brum. <laughs> John, uh, we've rabbited on a lot and and whoever's been unfortunate enough today to be listening has got an extra few minutes of bonus, but um, I'm sure sure they'll be let off a bit more next time and given a longer longer till they have to come back on the the schedule. So uh, thanks for listening, whoever you are, wherever you are out there, and uh, until next time.
1: Vroom, vroom, you take care. (laughs) God, now people are to start doing that. I was like, <laughs> I developer.
0: No, no, they won't. Okay. They really won't. They, 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 no, they won't. Okay. <laughs> right. Bye, Scott. <laughs>
1: Bye.